Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. How many people are glad to be a part of a church that God is breathing on? Man, God has waited a hundred years, says the prophet Mike Maiden, to do what he's doing right now in San Diego through you awesome people at Awaken Church. You can be seated. Man, I could watch that all day. It's about the fourth time I've seen it and I love it. Oh my gosh. Pastor Summer was on there. Six months, Pastor Mark, six months in to the church. We came about a year in, Pastor Charles. Remember the days of Carmel Valley Middle School and opening Bressy Ranch. I was telling some of the guys on Friday night at the dinner that uh, we opened this place in 2013. And um, the night before, the day before, the Saturday before, this place was a train wreck. Like it was a disaster. And there was probably a hundred volunteers here, easy, that are cleaning up. And But if you would have came here, you would have said, there's no chance of them starting church tomorrow. There's no ceiling. The AC didn't work yet. And, you know, Pastor, I remember Pastor Land on the floor, scrubbing the floor and people putting together furniture, taking out trash. I'm out in the back, taking couch, a couch out of a U-Haul to, to bring in and this limousine pulls up. I'm like, what is happening? And Dr. Matt's in the limousine. And he's like, get in. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, I'm the campus pastor. Like, I'm putting couches in the building. Like, we're opening tomorrow. He's like, just get in. And I, I realized that, like, okay, this is probably a planned thing. Because other people are starting to say, get in, get in. We got it. We got it. And so I get in, and he hands me this uh, pad of paper. And he says, write your vows. First, he gives me a glass of champagne to ease the shock. But my wife is, was surprising me with a 10-year vow renewal. And uh, like right in the middle of the most chaotic time of all time. <laughs> Bad timing. But uh, so on the way to the vow renewal, I'm writing my vows. I'm like, oh my gosh. And uh, we renew our vows on the Saturday, open church on the Sunday. And, uh, you know, every... Every wall around here, behind the paint, the floor underneath the, the carpet, there's verses written down. People came and wrote down verses. And, you know, I remember writing down my favorite, Acts 1-8, you shall receive power from the Holy Spirit, like right on here somewhere. And just to think all the miracles and all the breakthrough and all the salvations that have happened on this altar, in this church, all the friendships that have been made. and. Uh, it's just a, it's an incredible thing that, that God is doing. And, and it feels like we're like a, um, a startup company, but we're 16 years in and we're fully funded. Like we're, we're just getting started. Like we're just getting started. And, uh, and just so you know, plans already in place to redo our lobby here, redo the bathrooms, put a patio out front on the side. I'm not sure guys, if you have the photo, but a, a patio out front and then the lobby. Um, we're going to, so there's like a patio. 
put a roll-up door out front so we kind of expand our lobby, um, you know, update the, the lobby. And then our kids' church is going to get revamped. The, uh, the playground is going to be the best one in all of Awaken Church, in Jesus' name. Kids aren't going to want to leave. So it's just, it's just incredible. And I'm not sure if you saw Mike Maiden say over the next five to six years, um, the, the vision of Awaken Church is set to come to completion. Uh, and that was a word from God. He's a recognized prophet all over the world. And, uh, and the vision is 16 campuses. And so um, two of those, he came and prophesied in February over us that there was gonna be two here in the central region, um, two more here. And um, just so you know, two buildings have been identified and are being negotiated as we speak. So we're going to level up here. We're going to expand there. We're going to expand there. It's uh, uh, God is moving, and he's moving right now. Thank you so much, worship team. You guys are amazing. Um, but uh, it's an exciting time to be alive. It's an exciting time to be at Awaken Church. Um, we're believing, and very shortly, we won't have to have anybody in the lobby and overflow, and we can fit everybody in our three campuses. So... Um, but in every season of time in, in history, there are unique opportunities that we can take advantage of, both individually or corporately, um, as people and or as, as a church. For example, in the late 90s, if you were to have recognized the internet boom that was about to happen and got into the internet business when it, b before it exploded, you would have made millions, perhaps billions of dollars. There was a boom and a bust, but who would have known that the internet was going to explode? But there are people that recognized it like Mark Cuban and became an instant billionaire with Yahoo. I remember my first email account at UCLA when I was there and, and my, my friend had got an email account and I was like, you're such a nerd. Like who emails? What, what even is email? And then I got my email account, Heiner32 at yahoo.com, because my number was 32, and they used to call me Heiner, but now I'm hammered, so don't call me Heiner. Okay. But who would have thought that the internet was going to explode? But if you would have recognized that it was a unique opportunity in that time and season, you could have been very, very successful. And then came the real estate boom and bust. And I know for me personally, I made a lot of money in the boom and lost a lot of money in the bust. There was a lot of people that made a lot of money in the bust in the real estate market back in the early 2000s to 2007-ish or whatever, and then it started to, to crash. I remember during that time, people said, you should buy real estate, because I was buying properties, you should buy real estate in Temecula, and I'm like, who the heck is going to move to Temecula? Why would I do that? I missed it. I didn't recognize the season. I didn't recognize that unique opportunity that people were going to be moving in that direction, that there was going to be wineries all over the place and it was going to explode in that market. I missed the opportunity. Now we're in, you know, cryptocurrency and there are people that are making hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in cryptocurrency because they recognize the season and the opportunity that's unique to this season, just like the world's same in the kingdom. There, are, there were people in churches all over the world that recognized different seasons. There were different revivals, the Great Awakening in the 1700s, the Welsh Revival. There was the Azusa Street Revival up in Los Angeles. There was the Toronto Revival, Florida. There's all these different revivals where people in churches recognized the season where God was moving, and they stepped in and engaged with what God was doing, and they saw miracles, signs, wonders, salvations, breakthrough all over the world. 
Just like corporately, individually, there's the heroes of the faith, the Oral Roberts, the T.L. Osborns, the Bosworths, the Smith Wigglesworths, the John G. Lakes, the Catherine Coleman's, all of these people that were recognizing that God wanted to move in power, and they stepped into these assignments and saw God do the miraculous. I love people like Smith Wigglesworth who said, you know, if God's not moving, or if I'm not sure if God's moving, let's move God. Sometimes you just got to lay your hands on somebody and see if God backs you up. Sometimes you got to prophesy over somebody and believe that God is going to confirm his word with signs and wonders. Sometimes you got to move from Australia to San Diego and plant a church just to see, did God really say, and does God want to do something in, in San Diego? I believe that's the next great revival that people are going to write about is happening right here and now in San Diego. But there's a, there's a story in the Bible in Esther, and we've, a lot of us have heard this story. And Esther, Queen Esther, had a chance to go to the king because the king put out a decree to kill all the Jews, all of her people. And Mordecai, her cousin slash stepfather mentor, came to her and said, you got to go to the king. Save the people. You pick up the story in Esther 4.14. He says, for if you remain completely silent, Esther, at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place but you and your father's house will perish. In other words, he's saying, Esther, if you go to the king, if you don't go to the king and you stay silent, guess what? God will find somebody else. God will raise up another generation. God will raise up another church. Because regardless if you join or not, God will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But God, Jesus gives up us an opportunity to join him. So Mordecai is saying, you can stay silent. You're going to perish, but God will find somebody else. It's almost like you might as well go for it. You're going to die anyways. So why don't you go to the king? So, so, so he says, uh, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I don't know if you heard Mike Maiden, but he said over the next five years, God is doing something that he's waited a hundred years to do. For such a time as this, maybe you're here today. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe God brought you to awaken church for such a time as this. Maybe you're coming into the kingdom for such a time as this. Maybe you're joining a bunch of crazy, spirit-filled Christians for such a time as this because God is doing something in San Diego. The world is crazy. I remember when, uh, just about a month ago, we went to Yosemite. My wife and I took our kids to Yosemite, and probably about the last decade, um, when I realized there was more than just a pool and a beach to go on vacation to, we started wanting to go, like, on these adventures. And so we're like, we want to go to Yosemite, but, like, the only people I ever talked to that went to Yosemite, like, camped. And we don't really camp. So I didn't know what to do. So I didn't know where to go. I didn't know if there were hotels or there tents. Like, what do you do in Yosemite? I never looked it up until our friends, the Piles and the Fullers, went. And we saw them having the best time. We're like, we want to go. What do we do? So they told us there's an Airbnb place over here, and there's a hotel over here. And so we're like, we can get down with that. So we take our kids, and our boys are saying, Dad, why should we go to Yosemite? Who wants to see a rock? I'm like, just trust us. It's going to be amazing. But I didn't look up any pictures. I didn't really do any research. I just trusted my friends that it was going to be amazing. And so we go on our way to Yosemite, and we're coming, coming down the mountain, kind of coming towards the valley. And then all of a sudden, there's this massive tunnel. And I didn't do any research, so I didn't know 
about the tunnel. I didn't know if I was going the right way. I just know the GPS was saying this way, and all of a sudden we entered into this tunnel. Well, this tunnel is about a mile long, and it's called, at the end of the tunnel, there's a, what they call a tunnel view. But I didn't know any of that when I entered the tunnel. I didn't even know if I was going the right way. And so you enter the tunnel, and it's dark, and it's long, and you can't really see the end. It's a mile long. And you know that there's millions of pounds of pressure on this tunnel. You start thinking to yourself like, what psycho built this? <laughs> Who was the first guy that like threw some dynamite or whatever they do to blow up this thing or you know, bore the hole or whatever? And you start going through and you, you're, getting, you're starting to get in the tunnel and you're starting to realize, shoot, I can't really turn back. And then you see a leak. And you're like, oh no, is this thing coming down? Then you see a pebble, and you're like, oh my gosh, how do we turn around? How can we get out of this thing? What happens if we can't turn around and we get stuck? What if there's an earthquake? You're like, should we turn around? But then you kind of get in so deep, you can't turn around anymore. You're like, we just got to go. So then you just put on the gas, and you go faster to try to get to the end. And as you get to the end of this tunnel, you start to make out the trees and the, and the waterfalls and the rocks, and you see all these people, and they're looking at something. And as you exit the tunnel, you see arguably the most beautiful view on the planet. And it's called the tunnel view. And you see El Capitan, the most famous rock in the world, 3,000 feet high. You see, you see the uh, half dome right there, another famous rock. Glacier Point, Brideville Falls. You see all of these different waterfalls and, and trees and rocks and the most beautiful valley in the world. But I wouldn't have seen it if I would have turned around in the middle of the tunnel. I wouldn't have seen it if I would have stopped when I saw the leak. I wouldn't have seen it if I saw the pebble and I would have turned around and got scared. I would have missed out on maybe the most beautiful scenery in all of the world. The world right now is psycho. It is loco. There are, there are men competing in women's sports. The, there, are, there are like 80-something genders now I just saw. This morning I saw a video. L.A. County School District. No longer is it Pride Month. It's queer year. Saw it this morning. L.A. County. They're, they're, they're doubling down in the world. They're doubling down in the world. The, Kamala Harris is calling women birthing people. Gas is about seven bucks. Inflation's through the roof. Education's teaching our kids transgenderism. They're encouraging sexual exploitation, exploration at young ages. They're denying intelligent design. The world is crazy. It's like we're in a tunnel. But let me tell you, church, I can see the end. I can see the end. I can see 16 campuses. I'm in too deep. I've given too much money. I poured out too much of my life to stop and turn around now. I don't care if there's a waterfall, a leak, a pebble, a boulder. We're going to keep going. We're going to put our foot on the gas. I ain't missing out on the most beautiful thing that God's going to do. And he's doing it right now through you and through me. God is looking for a church, a remnant of people to keep going.
despite what's happening in the world. And I believe this, if you have, called, if you have been called to awaken church, then you have been called to this assignment. We are on assignment to impact culture. And if you call Awakened Church your church, then divinely you've been aligned with Awakened Church, which means you should be excited to do what we're all doing. Never have I gone and tried out for a sports team to sit on the bench. Whenever I go out for a team, I want to play. There might be a season where I'm sitting on the bench checking it out, learning the plays, but at some point, I'm going in. At some point, coach, put me in. I want to be involved. I want to play. I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. I want to do what the team is doing. <laughs> when I, I just, I grew up, and I had two older sisters. And, uh, and, and, and I never had any money, never had a job until after I was done playing sports or whatever. And so whenever we would buy gifts for people, I would sign their card. <laughs> then we'd give them the gift. And it would, like, be cool, but... Like, I, I would get kind of some credit, but I didn't really feel right about it because I didn't put in any money. <laughs> There's no skin in the game for me except for my signature. John Heinrich, number 32. <laughs> so I still signed my cards. <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> Trade those. Come on. Um, but I would sign their card and give it. But I'm telling you, at some point, I wanted to be the one buying the gift. At some point, I wanted to be the one putting the skin in the game and seeing the, the results of that. I didn't want to sit on the sideline anymore. So now I try to bless my sisters as much as I can because they carried me for so long. And some of you might be here and you might be saying, well, as soon as I start getting blessed, I'll start blessing the church. As soon as I start my wildest dreams get fulfilled, I'll start investing in the church. I'll start giving my resources, my time, my talents, my prayers. That's not actually the way it works. The job of the church is not to fulfill your wildest dreams. The job of the church is to fulfill his wildest dreams. But the beautiful thing about that is when you fulfill his dreams, he'll fulfill your dreams. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. See, we have it backwards sometimes. We want to be blessed before we bless. But God's saying, step out in faith. That's where the blessing comes. Seek ye first. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, so that he can establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. In other words, if your money has a purpose bigger than your pocket, God will continue to give you power to go get more so that you can, so he can fulfill what he set out to do. Seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. God wants to put power on your life to get wealth if you have a mission and a purpose for your money to build the kingdom of God. Doesn't it just make sense? If God can get it through you, he's going to get it to you. He's not trying to take from, he's trying to get to Awaken church, God is moving for such a time as this. I got a couple of points for you. The first one is giving is warfare. Giving is warfare. Giving is warfare. Malachi 3, 8 to 11 says this. 
Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what ways have you robbed me? In tithes and offerings. The reason it's a robbing is because it belongs to somebody else. It belongs to God. You can't rob somebody of something that's yours. So the reason the tithe, it talks about bringing back the tithe to God, it's because he owns it. It's his. So you don't give your tithe, you bring your tithe back. I can't give you something that's yours. It's yours. But I can bring you something back that's yours. So we bring our tithe, but we give our offerings. So in tithes and offerings, so you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, into the house, that there may be food in my house. I was reading this the other day, and I, and, I, and I realized that there might be some people here that don't quite feel fed on a Sunday or on a Wednesday night. And maybe it's because we haven't brought all the tithe into the storehouse, so there's not food. You're snacking on someone else's plate. So, 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 when we, so when we bring all the tithes into the storehouse, then we can come and eat. Then we can get the steak and the filet mignon, and we can get the sea bass and the salmon. And so bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Man, I'm spitting everywhere. But then he says this. Then he says, it's okay if you don't get it yet. Try me. It's all right. We all, we all don't get it at first. Like, try me in this. Like, bring the tithes. See what happens. The tithe is 10%. Offering started at 11%. So you can't just give the vision builders an offering if you're not tithing because it's not really an offering. It's kind of, you can do the math. But try me now in this, says the Lord. I'll give you an opportunity. Like, like let's try this thing out. Let's see if the Bible actually works. Let's see if it works. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. Verse 10, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. That's warfare. When you bring your tithe, you unleash heavenly hosts on your behalf to protect and guard and fight for your finances. You're releasing God's power over your finances. You're ensuring your future. Right now, we need insurance in our, in our future. We need insurance. It doesn't make sense, right? I know Pastor Rutowski talked about this the other day. Like, it doesn't make sense in the kingdom. Like, give and you'll be better off financially. What? That doesn't make sense in the world because it's kingdom, and the kingdom's not the world. But we're better off with 90% blessed by God than 100% cursed. So when you bring your tithe, heaven opens and God unleashes power to protect you. And right now we need power to protect our financial world. The Bible also talks about this in James 4, 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Whatever you submit to God, you have power to resist the devil over. So when you bring your tithe, you're submitting your financial world under God so that now when you stand and resist the devil, he has to flee from you. When you do what's in this Bible, you actually give yourself access to fight with the sword of the spirit, which is what the Bible is. If you don't do what's in here, it's hard to fight the devil. If you don't do what's in here, if you don't operate in the principles in here, this becomes like a Nerf sword. But if you do what's in here, this thing is lethal. If you do what's in here, you can stand against the devil, and you can resist him, and he has to leave. In the name of Jesus, devil, I tithe. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I release 
heavenly host, I bind every demonic attack over my finances in Jesus' name, and I loose blessing from heaven. You can pray that prayer if you do what's in the book. If you don't do what's in the book, it's hard to pray that prayer. So you are, you are limiting yourself if you're not operating in the principles. And that's, I'm not just talking about fine. I'm talking about anything. I'm talking about anything that you submit to God, you now have authority. And I remember praying that prayer. I remember saying, God, I thank you that you're rebuking the devourer on my behalf because I tithe because we're going through something. And I remember God saying, why don't you do it? And then he brought James 4, 7, submit to God. He said, you have the power to resist. You have the power to rebuke the devourer on your own behalf because you're a tither, because you're a giver. So we have the power. He'll do it, but he might challenge you to do it as well. Better off if you both just do it. On Wednesday night, I was sharing how I view my tithes and my offerings. And in the, the Old Testament, there is... Um, the Old Testament is a physical representation of the New Testament spiritual reality. So in the Old Testament, we have physical battles. We have wars. We have fights. In the New Testament, we don't have physical wars and fights. We have spiritual wars and fights. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers. And so my uncle used to teach me all the time. He said, if you want to live a successful Christian life, then you have to first handle the atmosphere around you. So for example, if I go to a hospital where there's a spirit of death, depression, hopelessness, all this stuff, the first thing that I would do before I pray for somebody is take care of the atmosphere. Bind devils. Bind the spirit of death. Command the spirit of death to leave, depression, hopelessness, whatever it is that I feel, you bind that stuff so that the flow of heaven can come unrestricted and unopposed because you want the, the, the greatest opportunity to unleash the power of God on somebody's life when they're in a hospital and they need help. So you take care of the atmosphere, and then it flows. When you tithe, you're taking care of the atmosphere. When you tithe, you're taking care of the, the devourer that's roaming around seeking whom he may devour. If, if, the, if the devil's roaming around seeking whom he may devour financially, and you are a tither, your tithe is protected. Your money is protected, so he's not going to try to devour you. He's going to go to somebody else unprotected. He's a dog. He's a dog. And so I see my tithe as David and Goliath. I see my tithe as the, as the smooth stone in the slingshot when David threw his stone and he hit Goliath in the forehead and Goliath fell forward. That's the tithe. He's dead. He's protected. He's gone. But then I see my offering as David walking over to Goliath, taking his sword and cutting off his head, making sure he's dead. Because in the Old Testament, you would cut off his head and you would take the head and you would show it to your army or your king and you say, he's dead. Mission accomplished. When you give offerings, when you come above your tithe, you go from obedience to acceleration. You go from reaping what you sow to reaping more than you sow. Because now you're giving. And the Bible says that every seed that you give or every seed that you sow, God multiplies that seed and brings it back. So now you can reap more than you sow. Everyone take a deep breath. So that's how I see, that's how I see that. You, in this season and in this time, in this crazy world, we need insurance. And I know for some people it does not make sense. But try them. Just try them. 
Just try them. When you get into that offering level, now you are proactively taking territory and taking ground, and you are solidifying the death of your enemy in Jesus' name. The second point is when you build God's house, he will build your house. We've heard that so many different times. You've heard that so many different times. I even talked about it a little bit, Deuteronomy 8.18, and, uh, you know, seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. It talks about it again in Haggai. 1 verse 2 to 10, and I'm going to um, try to skip a little bit through this, but it says, thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, this people says the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. In other words, he's saying, what are these people saying? It's not time for the house of God to be built. Then the word of the Lord comes uh, by Haggai, the prophet, saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider the fact that you're prioritizing your house over God's house. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into bags with holes. And so as we prioritize our house over the house of God, all of a sudden, all of the energy that we're putting forth to try to take ground is being resisted, like putting money in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Because my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds his fruit. This is what we mean when we say, when we build his house, he'll build our house. If you're devoted to his house, he'll be devoted to your house. That's what we mean when, when we say that. And then, then the, the, the people respond, and, and there's a remnant of people that gather around to rebuild the temple of God, and the word of the Lord comes back to Haggai, and it says that, that God has, has, uh, has uh, uh, the spirit of the remnant of the people, he stirred it up. So now there's a people like you, like awakened church people. Their spirit is, is, is revved up and they're ready to rock. They're ready to build the temple. And this is what he says. He says, for this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. This is verse, uh, Haggai 2, verse 6. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry lands. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all nations will, will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's army. It's not the enemies. It's not for the people. It's for the sons and daughters of God. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of hosts of armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. So God is saying this to us right now, like we've had a lot of glory in the past 16 years. But the future glory of this house will be greater than the past glory. Because there's a remnant of people, their spirit is being stirred to build the house of God. To stand up, to continue to move forward, to get to the end of the tunnel, no matter what. And then in Haggai 2, 18 and 19, it says, Consider now, from this day forward, from this day forward, 
from the day the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. I believe we're laying a foundation today. Consider it. Is the seed still in the barn? It means we haven't even done it yet. Is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yielded fruit. But from this day, I will bless you. And this is what I want to declare over you. That from this day, God will bless you. Should you decide to join us? Should, should you decide to get off the bench and in the game? Should you decide to engage in vision builders and help us build what God is doing? From this day, God will bless you. From this day, God will bless you. So when you give, don't just give and be like, oh, let's see what happens. No, give and say, God, I gave. The word of the Lord was released. Bless me. Bless me. Come on, once you start to do this, now you have access to this sword. Now you can pray with some authority. Now you can pray with some power. Now you can try him. God, I'm trying you in this. Bless me. Bless the church. Do something miraculous. I want to be a part of what's happening here at Awaken Church. I want to see what God does. I want to make it to the end of the tunnel. My wife and I are way too far into this thing. We're not turning, turning back. We're in it to win it. Two feet in, two hands in. Wallet in. Kids are in. Grandparents are in. Sisters are in. Families in. And I know so many of us are. But we're not going to turn around. We're going to be here. We're going to see this 16 location thing come to pass. We're going to see churches in Baja and Peru. We're going to see, you know, uh, continue to fight for the unborn. Did you know just in the last few months, our, our Awakened Theater leased a, a facility over here on Claremont Mesa right next to a Planned Parenthood. Guess who left? Planned Parenthood left. It's the second one that's left next to one of our facilities. Like, like we are doing business and we want you to join us. It's, it's a fun journey. And it's okay if you're a little bit freaked out or if you thought I was a little harsh. It's okay, just, just like, I'm just passionate because I've seen God move in my life. You know what, we're selling our, our house right now. And you know what we did before we put our house on the market? We finished our vision builders, why? Because I want to take care of the atmosphere. I don't want no devil interfering in what God's trying to do. Finished our, 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 uh, our vision builders before we put it on the market, but then during when it was, uh, in escrow, we made sure to make our pledge and we put in our first fruits, 10% of our, of our pledge over the next 12 months. Why? Because I want to cut off his head. I want to cut off his head. I don't want any resistance spiritually on my financial world. I want, all of, I want to see all of heaven has, what all of heaven has. We're going to give you an opportunity to, to pledge and to give both uh, us here, you in the lobby. Ushers, can you guys bring up the, the baskets? And on your, on your seat, you have a card. And on your card, you can fill that out or you can just do it online. A lot of people just do it online. Uh, there's a way to do that. But I, either way, I want you to come forward because we're gonna have our team up front. And some of you may have already pledged. I still want you to come forward. There's an anointing here that God wants to bless you. And I want our team to come up in just a minute. They're gonna pray with you, just agree with you very, very quickly because when two people agree on earth concern, anything is done for them. So we're gonna agree with you and then I want to I challenge you to put something in the ground. 
Like my wife and I just, we, we put something in the ground because God multiplies the seed that you sow. So if you can get some seed in the ground, God can start to multiply it and help you fulfill your pledge over the next 12 months. The worst thing we've ever done was wait till like month 11 to try to fulfill and you're like, oh shoot, how am I gonna make that happen? So kind of get the, get the ball rolling a little bit. We have a few different tiers. Um, if you need a target to shoot for, we have a few different tiers that we've kind of laid out. Um, and so we have, you know, starting at, at 10,000, 30,000, 50, 100. We don't want to limit you, you know, 250, 500, a million, 5 million. We've had multiple million dollar checks come in over the last 16 years. It's pretty incredible. Or maybe 10 is too much for you. Maybe you're just new to this or maybe you start a job or whatever. Maybe, you know, $100 a month is all you can do. I, 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 just, I just want us all to do something. Like if we all do something, we will fulfill 16 campuses. My wife, my wife and I are gonna be at least here, but we're gonna try to get there this month or this year. And so, so like we're going all in. Like we really believe in this stuff. I'm not just telling you this because whatever. And by the way, I did this before I was a pastor. I wasn't always a pastor here. We used to give to vision builders before as well. And so. I just want to see the breakthrough in you. So uh, I'm just going to pray over you. And I want you to consider, talk to your wife, your spouse, and guys, listen to your wife. And, uh, and the, the team's going to sing a song. And both us in here and us in the lobby, come forward, put your pledge card in there. If you're going to do it online, just put online. But just come forward and put it. Let us agree in prayer with you. If you've already pledged, just write already pledged and come forward and let us pray with you. But let's believe God. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you. God, that you confirm your word with signs and wonders. And Father, despite my preaching and what I said, and if I was too harsh or not harsh enough or didn't explain it right or whatever, Father, I pray you would speak to people. At the end of the day, God, you speak to people. I don't want them to do anything that, because I said it, I want them to do it because you said it. So Father, I pray for miracles over the next 12 months. And Father, I pray, like Pastor Charles said, that you would speak to us. What is our number? What is our number? What can we contribute? How can we get off the bench and into the game? How can we help fulfill? How can we be the one buying the gift? Lord, bless all these awesome, awesome people. We honor you and we praise you for what you've done. And we honor you and we praise you for what you're going to do through us in this great city. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can stand to your feet and worship. You can come on forward. Our team's going to be up here. We love you. God bless. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.